Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together if you with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And we're going to talk about Loki and the Marvels without spoiling it. <laughs> and uh, David Fincher's latest, uh, which is on Netflix, uh, The Killer, uh, without... Uh, I mean, I feel like that's a movie that's not spoiler-averse, maybe. I, I no, I haven't watched really it. Not. You have, so yes, and I haven't watched the Marvels, but you have. Uh, and the only thing Which that is we definitely we... spoilable. <laughs> <laughs> and this is definitely uh, like, and we've only both seen Loki, which you know. Uh, just goes to show, like how, like at a certain point, we kind of go off. Uh, we kind of go off book, but that's okay, you know. Um, sometimes life gets in the way, like you know. I just thus proving this. Um, I, I uh, uh, yeah, you know. Um, so wh- why don't we get into some news? Because uh, there was some big news that happened this week, right? The strike is over. Over, at least until. These Three assholes, years from now, <laughs> these billionaires. Are, yeah, these these billionaire assholes. If Zazalov is still around, and you know, uh, yeah. Um, oh, so like a weird kind of side thing because we 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 love assassinating a uh, character assassinating David Zazalov. Have you you heard the new thing? Right, you heard about uh, Coyote versus Acme, which I didn't even know was a fucking thing. Was a movie that they shelved, like eighty million dollar movie. With John Cena, who who is yeah not the rock levels of, but is a bankable star for sure. Exactly, and a script written by James Motherfucking Gunn, your your CEO of Mar uh, of DC right now, the guy who you kind of don't want to piss off, um because I, it's baffling to me. Uh, it really is, and everything I've heard. I mean, you've heard the rumors that it was hitting in the high nineties in the test scores out of a hundred. Yeah. Um, which is like, like if you're getting high ninety, if you're getting ninety five as a kids movie, that's something that's special that should actually be released. Like, I don't like kid movies. Even the bad ones hit in the eighties, but a good one will hit in the low nineties. And movies like, um, I think they te- like when low they originally like- test. Like Pixar, Pixar shit, you know. Yeah, like yeah, and then high nineties is like stuff that just guaranteed. Like as an example, I've heard that they did test uh, Super Mario Brothers and it hit around ninety four. Um, that's what the average score was. So c- take that as you will. That Warner Brothers, like, and and the th- weirder part is, is that they had suitors. Like Amazon wanted it. Amazon wanted to release it theatrically through MGM. Uh, because they're just looking for content. Uh, Max even tried to get HBO Max because it's a different entity. Tried to get it and they refused. It was just, and the thing is, is that they could only write off half the half the half the budget as a loss. So they're taking a forty million dollar loss, which 
like like you said, it's baffling, but, right? So Where you're taking a forty million dollar loss. I feel like the movie would have made forty million dollars. At a minimum, if it's hitting the so, high nineties, like that could be forty million dollars opening weekend. Like if you promote it right, right? Like I and you know the con like the concept is so smart. It's so smart, and it's a great way to start Warner Brothers animation with a smart, con high concept, like idea. Like I just don't get it. I I'm baffled. I I mean, do you have thoughts about this? I mean, it's even scored. It had been scored by Stephen Prince, I mean, who this is the third, fourth film Saslov has shelved that is like basically finished. <laughs> Like basically mm -hmm. finished, like yep. I, I, it's done. I, I I don't I don't know, man. Like I I don't know. Like there's the that joke that we all pull from, uh, community where it's like, oh, this is the darkest timeline, and I don't know that this yeah. is the darkest timeline. This is definitely the dumbest fucking timeline, like. We really live is. in the dumbest timeline. I don't understand this guy's deal. Like, I, I, I just, from a business standpoint, I, I still don't understand it. Like, I can kind of understand writing off all of Batgirl, all of Scoob's Holiday Haunt, all of... There was another one. Um... Oh, I gosh. don't remember. What was it? I don't um, remember either, and that's really sad. I, I, when you can write all of it off and you're bleeding money, I can kind of understand it. It sucks as a fan of those things. Not mm -hmm. like I don't want to see bad versions of them, but also, like, I, I, you know, anyway, I can kind of understand it. It's a $80 million, it's a movie you've already sunk $80 million into. You can only shelve it and write off $40 million, which means you're still losing $40 million. And, like, I understand not wanting to sink a lot of money into advertising, but you you don't necessarily have to if you sell it to somebody else. Yeah. And, I mean, no, maybe right. you wouldn't have gotten... Forty million dollars from Amazon, but I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just, it doesn't make any sense. I, I feel like this is some rich asshole who owns all the toys and would rather just break them than somebody else play with them. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It really does feel like that. And I, I don't have like, like I looked at it and I looked at the things and I just can't figure it out. Like, it's just stupidity. It's a grudge. Like there must be somebody that he doesn't fucking like, like maybe the director, um, maybe even Gunn himself, or maybe it's somebody in the star, <laughs> like, you know, hire him. <laughs> Like, think about it. Egomaniacs do weird-ass fucking things, right? Yeah, um, I mean, like, <laughs> I work in like, somewhat of the corporate world, and yeah, I've, I've seen 
some shit where I'm just like, why did we do this? But yeah, no, absolutely. This this gets for me. This gets on a whole other level of I, I don't understand why you buy this thing and then like dismantle it. Like I, I understand <sighs> buying something and then it's not. So it, I'm trying to think of an example. Okay, DC um, absorbed a Wildstorm from Jim Lee. When uh, yes. he took all his toys out of the image toy box because he owned them, wanted to go become uh, like involved heavily in the corporate side of DC. They absorb that. They buy it. They buy all these IP, all all of Jim Lee's toys that he's created, and mm-hmm. they repeatedly try to do something with it, and it never quite works out. But to be fair never really quite worked out like it image either like it was a lot of stops and starts which is what it's been at dc with all of the wildstorm properties they're almost non-existent in the dc universe now they can't figure out how to utilize a lot of that stuff long term like it works in the short term but not in the long term i understand that and i understand getting to a point where it's like we don't know what to do with these things. We bought them. We can't figure it out. So we're just going to stop trying. We still own them. And if somebody comes along with this great idea and we can, you know, like, yeah, here's 12 issues. You run with that. Then great. But otherwise, we're tired of trying to fit the Wildcats into the DC universe because we can't make it work. I understand that. (laughs) yeah which again is still wild like not to not to make a pun but it's still wild like like anytime like a corporate entity sucks in another corporate entity like some kind of like child in the womb absorbing another child um it's always fucking weird to me because like there's so much loss there right like it just they just cut things off like like disney and fox and what happened there yeah right like like there's things in there that were worth saving and worth being like you know like let's do this but they cut off so much and they just like useless like useless cuts just because they're trying to cut the fat after they purchase something which it's like you purchased something you wanted it but okay whatever the fuck you're gonna do like yeah i'm Buying it to tear it apart makes no sense to me. Like, deconstructing it and, like, trying to get back to something basic, I do understand. Trying to utilize it and failing to to be able to utilize it. Like, if Disney tried to make a... I I mean, they did, but the movie was already basically there. But if, if Disney itself tried to make a Predator movie and... It just didn't work. And it's just like, apparently we don't know how to do this. I, I understand just being like, we don't know what to do with this. We're just going to have to wait till somebody comes along and has the take that we need. Until then, you know, we're just going to leave it in the toy box. But buying something like Z- Zaslov has done and repeatedly trying to just tear it apart 
for no apparent reason other than just like I had the money to do this. I, I mean, it's literally buying something and smashing it to pieces right after you buy it. I mean, yeah. it, it would have been like I do, Martin Screlly is a piece of human trash, but you know he bought that uh, that the Wu Tang like the one Wu Tang yeah, thing, the only, yeah, it's yeah. the only thing in existence. It would have been like buying that thing and just smashing it. Like nobody yeah. ever gets to hear it. It's like I get that you bought it and it was like it's mine and like I'm not going to share it with the world. You're still a piece of trash, but that I understand. I don't understand buying it and then just being like fuck all of you and smashing it to pieces, which was what yeah. Zazov seems to just keep doing. <laughs> he really does. And it's literally like it, it really oh, is like for Elon this? Here's a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck, man? <laughs> like okay, like so even like take the Disney Fox example and you used Predator, right? They had a Predator movie that was initially supposed to be released in theaters and then instead of shelving it and taking it a loss, the dumbasses put it on on Hulu and realized it was a massive fucking mistake why because that movie ended up being one of the best movies of the year critically lauded it was one of the highest streamed movies on hulu in the history of hulu and now they're back in the predator business making another predator movie with the same reframing context in world war one like they're making a trench predator movie like what the fuck i mean like that's how you do it. Even though it's wrong, even though you probably should have released Prey in theaters because it was made for the theaters, um, just like just like everything they've been doing with the Hulu Fox stuff, where they dump they things on there and gave it a Blu-ray DVD release. Exactly, you know? a 4K Blu-ray release, which is rarer and rarer these days. That's the kind of thing that you see where it's like, oh. We can make money off of this. Zaslav is like fucking is literally like fucking Elon Musk when he bought Twitter. Like yeah, motherfuckers like, should have I, never <laughs> bought, never should have bought it. It was a fucking joke. I mean, I can't wait to see the kind of savagery A24 is going to do with this, this Elon Musk bio that they're making with Darren Aronofsky. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very, very interested. Uh yeah. <laughs> I want them, you know who I want them to cast because he has the right body frame and he's a weirdo. He's he's proven to be a weirdo is Brendan Fraser. Like, could yeah. you imagine if they reteam? Like, he's the perfect person to do Elon right now if it's an Elon, even if you go back and you digitally de-age him. But he's such a weird, like, he's now officially like a weird looking. I, I hate saying that because it's not. It's not nice of me, but like if you watch Brendan Fraser, he has that weird body frame that Elon Musk has, and he just seems like the perfect guy to do it. Um, yeah, and it's just like, but like, like going back to like the the point of this all, it's just like, what the holy shit is going on? Like, are you really trying to like down the stock so that you can sell it at a loss and take a massive loss? Because I mean, I mean, this motherfucker is making. Literally, he made like over the last like they just did a calc, a recalc. He's made eight hundred and fifty billion dollars off of fucking off of all this tomfoolery that he's fucking propagated. Eight hundred and fifty billion dollars. How like if I 
approached my job in the fucking stupid, silly way that he does, I would be fired. Yeah. Anybody would be fired. But of course, you know, because he's a billionaire, we fucking give him a fucking, we give him a fucking, like, a, a, like you know, we give him a lead a long ways. Why are people, like, why have billionaires become, like, the new, the new, like, like, heroes of the world? I blame... Uh- I blame Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> Bat, Batman to a lesser extent. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's very, very upsetting. Um, I, I want, There was another bit of news. We kind of talked about this offline. I'm going to uh-huh. pivot a little bit. Because okay. I, I do want to talk about it, like, more in depth. A little more in depth. Okay. We got the confirmation we knew was coming, although mm. we didn't know it was coming from Sony. Um, yeah. We are getting a Legend of Zelda movie. From Sony. We are. From <laughs> Sony. And no, no. And let's add in the kicker. Avi fucking Arad. Like, I'm going to say that again. Avi fucking Arad. Now, I'm going to say this much. I will give the man credit for... Between him and Amy Pascal, the Herculean task of making a Spider-Man movie with Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire and making it work and making a second one. But I will say this, since the second one, Avi Rarad, anything he touches turns to molten dog shit. He doesn't, I don't know what his problem is, but like you keep him away from anything that Anything that he can get his mitts on, you try to keep it away from him because, man, I've seen what I, I mean, I like I told you about Uncharted and I was very nice about it. Um, like if like it is not a good movie in any way, shape or form, like, like he he hasn't made a good movie since Spider-Man 2. And I don't think that it was really his his doing that it was a good movie. Right. Well, I mean, technically, he's a producer on all the Spider-Man stuff, so it, <laughs> it could be argued. But um, I, I do, I do feel like his hands have been more and more tied when it comes to Spider-Man with mm-hmm. uh, Pascal Pictures, since she's no longer officially part of Sony, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Marvel Feige specifically stepping in like when you have those three in the kitchen like it's a lot it's a lot better um yes Nintendo's very very protective yes they are so and we we kind of maybe a little too protective um you know we enjoyed or I'll speak for me I won't say we I enjoyed the Super Mario Brothers movie, but it was pretty fucking bland. I mean, it's like enjoying a yeah. piece of buttered toast. Like it's it's good. It like but it is still just bread with butter on it. Like there's nothing fucking earth-shattering about that. You know, like there's not even you know, uh, there's not even remotely like spice to it. It's not even like sea salted butter, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um so I I feel like worst case scenario we're going to get just the basic basic of basics Legend of Zelda movie 
which wouldn't be the worst thing, and I still think it would be a hit. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. What What do you think, though, about their choice in directors? And do you think it'll stick? Because we see this shit all the time. Projects announced with a director. I, w- I won't say unproven director, but somebody who who probably hasn't had the the hit that maybe uh you know it's not like Legend of Zelda coming from Steven Spielberg. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, um, I like West Ball. His Maze Runner movies are like low key, secretly like one of the best like YA action trilogies that's out there. Um. I mean, it's better than Divergent. Like, I can tell you that much because it actually completed its story. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's more cohesive for sure. Yeah, it, it's a, it's like I really like that series. Like, I like what Westball does. Um, and he, that's the he, only thing he's. That's his only thing, right? Is those three uh, movies? He's done other things. Like right now, um, he, he's the. Um, I think he's the uh, director of the upcoming Planet of the Apes movie, uh, Kingdom, yeah, Kingdom of the Planet of the, of the Apes. Apes. Which I did see the trailer for in front of the Marvels. And yes. Okay. It, have, have you watched the trailer? Yes, I have. Okay. It looks really, really good, but it yes. also looks really, I don't want to say basic in a way that's like, negative but in the way that i'm talking about the worst case scenario we get with zelda is that it's a very flat basic straight adaptation of like link gets a sword goes on a quest rescue the princess fight ganon like that's it you know there's nothing earth shattering to the movie it's just like decent visuals and a very basic story Kingdom of the Absolutely. Planet of the Apes kind of looks like that. Like it does. It it does look like a a, a soft reboot um and recontextualizing everything to make it like a like you know this one is like okay we're going to start this off. Um like he also like okay so like the thing that like really is kind of heartbreaking is is that you know he was the director of like he was the director of the mouse guard movie that yeah that 20th century fox basically imploded because i was so excited for Disney. that i was too and you've seen the like you've seen the test footage right yeah like the, the test footage is what convinced me um with the gary witta script that i i've heard was um was definitely like a purely like perfect adaptation um it was also produced by matt reeves who actually chose him for kingdom of the planet of the apes and actually from what i understood the this new this new series uh, that's supposed to be a trilogy if they make like you know if it's successful was between like was guided by reeves as producer before handing it over to west ball um but like mouse guard like like and that was again going back to that stupid like you know stupid restructuring um that was a that was a uh that was something that was cut and like basically killed because of the disney merger um because they didn't want like that was something that was like 
too much like a Disney movie, I guess, from what they are from the understanding. So they just killed it and basically, you know, gave West Ball the the Planet of the Apes stuff as a consolation prize. And he's been working on it ever since because like I think it's since 2019 or 2018. Like after he finished this third Maze Runner. Um so he's been working on it for a while. I don't know. Like you you're you're kind of right. Like I feel like Nintendo's goal is let's just get something to the finish line that isn't the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1994 um, and start from there. Like, it's almost like, like, if you look back on it, it's kind of similar to what Marvel did with Iron Man, which was, let's just make an Iron Man movie. Let's make a good Iron Man movie. Yeah. And then we'll figure out how Doesn't to have to be great. Does it, which yes. I, it's what's funny about Iron Man, and it's kind of the same thing that happened with happens with a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. It's because it was such a a difficult thing, and uh, they didn't necessarily have the money that they needed. The movie winds up being better for it. Yes, um, absolutely. I think we're kind of seeing that play out, like when Marvel. And Kevin Feige can basically write their own checks. Things kind of started falling apart. Um, So, you know, that tension between as much as I don't like Ike Perlmutter, uh, (laughs) it it could have been like that kind of like back and forth that kept them more in check and, you know, led to better product so well, yeah so so like so like um like to use west ball as a test subject of that like the first maze runner movie cost 38 million dollars but it, you wouldn't realize it because west ball and the creative teams were so fucking hungry in that movie to make something it doesn't look it looks something like double or triple that budget like you know because they effectively used their budget because like you know I'm of the theory that that like it's like Spielberg said. He said like when he made when when they offered him Jurassic Park, they literally offered him a blank check and said, "No cost is too great for this movie. If you want to go, if you want to make the first hundred million dollar or two hundred million dollar movie, go ahead and do it if that's what it takes. But just deliver us a movie because they knew Spielberg dinosaurs equals like." probably one of the biggest hits of all time but then but, he was like nah yeah. i'm gonna make it for like i'm gonna make it for like 60 million are you sure steven yeah because you know um limitations of the mother of invention and it's he because he made jaws if the yes. fucking shark works jaws is not jaws jaws is exactly. not the movie that it is it's because the fucking shark doesn't work and you never <laughs> get to see it it's because of all of the things and you know i i talk about that in the the alien uh piece yes. alien 3 piece that um it's all of all three of those first alien first three alien movies were extremely troubled productions and mm-hmm. alien 4 went off without a hitch alien resurrection alien resurrection is not a very good movie <laughs> like it's, it's just really not, not. like a, as faulty as everything that comes after that is like 
Alien Res- Resurrection is still just kind of trash. Like it, 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 it is. It really is. <laughs> it's a dry run. It's the pilot. It's the. Uh, <laughs> Somebody told me this once. They were like, "That that uh, like Alien Resurrection is essentially Firefly's pilot yeah. directed by a French man who doesn't know, who has never seen a western or never seen a sci-fi movie." Yeah. I mean, and that's literally what it fucking is. Um, though I will say, like, I will say, the thought of Michael Wincott in in the Nathan Fillion role in yeah, Firefly, pretty, yeah, it's pretty fabulous, right? Like, <laughs> um, uh, so but, yeah, bringing on West Ball, who knows how to work with a smaller budget to create mm-hmm. bigger things, Nintendo, who is very protective. Like I said, maybe a little too protective. And uh, Avi Arad, who at least has the experience yes, as a producer. Like, he's been doing this for a long time. He's had a lot of failed projects and a lot of successful projects. Um, some he, he gets a little too much credit for. But, yes. you know, I, it could be the right recipe i like you're you told me you were a little worried about it yeah i i wasn't like when i read the news i was like oh okay so uh, they want to do the live action route you know illumination maybe not ready for their first live action film uh, or mm-hmm. maybe just is not interested they were only interested in an animated zelda film um yeah. and which you know, Sony kind of needs something. <laughs> like they they keep clawing at things and like have only had success with in recent years with partnerships with other studios. This is very true. That and their Quentin stuff, and Quentin is making one more movie and he's deuces out for them. Mm-hmm. Like literally is deuces out. Like they got the, they've got that movie, which I feel like they're hoping like, like um, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood is a huge hit though. Also gives them Oscars. But I mean, like literally um, they don't have much to sustain them because everything that they do, I mean, where is the where is the okay rock we're paying you 35 million dollars bring your friends and go and make uh, and go and make another jumanji movie because that's guaranteed box office where is that they're not fucking doing that shit they're yeah. just like they're making um uh, madam web and like like fucking venom uh, venom 3 which I mean, like, for us, it's kind of great because it's, like, this weird kind of, like, section hall of mirrors of, like, like Tom Hardy's ego writing checks that, obviously, they can pay, they can cash and doing weird-ass shit with it. But at the same time, what happens after the third one? And he's like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, you don't have a, you don't have a Venom. Like, that is interacting with, that's interacting with fucking, that's interacting with Spider-Man. Like, yeah. How in the holy shit are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's my thing is like. I mean, much like own... Fox, they proved before the Disney bio, <sighs> they've proved over and over and over again. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, no, they don't. You know, what's funny to me is that Amy Pascal took a lot of the heat for that. And, and maybe yes. rightfully so. 
um, just based off those emails that got leaked. But also, like, I'll, yeah, you look at them and go, like, they clearly don't know what they're doing because look at all of these ideas they're floating. But some of those ideas were batshit insane, but also, like, yes, I would like to see that. Like, on mm-hmm. paper, the Spider-Verse stuff is, like, no. no like, yeah. No, man. Like, no. <laughs> we're just diluting the brand. There's there's no, it's animation, which, you know, Sony has not really got a proven track record with. Um, it, it's all kinds of things that probably shouldn't work, but it's also a group of people going like, we're going to do the most batshit crazy animated stuff you've ever seen. And like, yeah, I mean... They need to uh, give credit where credit's due and maybe definitely pay people more um, who were legitimately creating this, not just, you know, throwing out ideas, um, i.e. the animators. Um, But it's still this batshit crazy stuff. Like, I mean, I I still want to see the the men in black 22 jump street thing like that that whole yes. end segment with the like i just i want to see all that crazy shit give me that because at least that's interesting fucking craven looks fine but it looks like cookie cutter bullshit like just like morbius it looks like shit that we would have gotten in 1994 you know, yep. and, and no, you're that's absolutely right. not fucking interesting. <laughs> like, there's nothing interesting about that. I'll watch <laughs> it, but it's not interesting. So no, it's not new not. and dynamic. And so that that's but also at the same time, I feel like that's not what Nintendo wants from a, a Legend of Zelda movie. They don't want new and interesting and dynamic. They just want something that tells this story in a fine, like, perfect way. Just just doesn't try to take chances. And yep. that's what we're going to get. So um, I, I, I wish we were getting animated. I, I'm really interested to see where they start with Zelda like the Zelda mythology is so fucking like it's not really a mythology like it's hard no it's not to to like really rein it in you know and yeah so where where do you start you know you start at the beginning no, you'd start you you start with like to be perfectly honest, you start with a with a with a duology or like okay, so like here's the problem with with Zelda is is that they with every system it feels like they create a new like with the, the exception of the first four ish games, they start they they restart with every system and it, like they've created it in such. Which was the one that was on the first one that was on the uh, the Wii? Because that one recontextualized everything to make it so that all of these Game Boy games, all of these like you know all the the handheld games and all of the console games 
we're literally it's kind of like a multiverse it's not multiverse it's it's generational every single like skyward every sword, single generation right? yeah skyward sword um i never played that gen- one oh, uh, that one was frustrating that one was very frustrating because it was during the time where um where everybody was huge final fantasy fans so they took a lot of final fantasy tropes and it was just terrible. Like, it wasn't terrible. It, it's a beautiful game. Like, anything from Zelda is beautiful, right? I just have a very specific idea of what a Zelda game is for me. Um, and that definitely wasn't it. Um, but I feel like you have to start with... You have to kind of start with something like Wind Waker, right? Something very basic that tells a very linear story. Um, tells a teenager story because I think that that's what you want is you want to start with, at least if to get through a trilogy, you need to start with, like, maybe, like, like, where they started, like, not even where they started with Tom Holland, because Tom Holland was already in his 20s. You need to start them earlier than that. You need to, like, say 17, 18, a kid. And I think that that's probably why they hired West Ball, because, like, literally when they casted, when they casted Maze Runner, like, if you look at the guys that they cast in that, film literally every single one of those like every single one of those people that's in that every single one of those teenagers that's in that movie has a functional career after maze runner if not functional like a working supporting or even lead actor capacity like style role so i feel like west ball wasn't hired for his fx work and his cheap budgets that make like make it look bigger, which they kind of did, but I think that it's the work with kids, and specifically the way that he handles kids in Maze Runner, because they're very much like they're not Lord of the Flies, but they're very much scruffy teenagers, which I feel like in the best Link kid movie, like the Link teenager years ones, he's kind of like that. He's kind of like. It's what you would imagine Errol Flynn grows up to be, or Douglas Fairbanks Jr. A, a really, like a really scrappy kind of like gets on your nerves kid who ends up becoming an adventurer, right? Like that's essentially what Link is. He's like, yeah. he's he's Robin Hood, I mean, Captain Blood before he's Captain Blood. Fucking Will Poulter in Maze Runner, like that yes. age Will Poulter as Link would have been. Yeah, that would be great, right? Like, especially because how, like, the performance that Will Poulter has in one and three, like, it's so kind of, it's very, it's of a specific type, right? Um, and that's how I feel Link is. He's like this scrappy, scruffy. He's D'Artagnan, but younger. If that makes sense. Like, if we're talking, like, if we're talking, like, like like attitude age appropriateness that's what i feel like is is what um what you need to do with link so something like wind waker or you can't do you see i think that the intention is they're probably going to do ocarina of time um which is everybody's arguably everybody like you know is the the greatest link game right see i i thought they'd just go straight for the the current gen storyline oh really yeah that's so amorphous and so kind of not a storyline do you know what i mean like it feels like like it feels like okay so like i told you something i was like why can't they just fucking get illumination 
and do a Miyazaki style like animated movie where it's kind of like because that's kind of what that's the that's the kind of like sweet spot for Zelda, right? Visually splendid, kind of sort of a storyline, but very light, but more about the grandeur of everything and the grandeur of nature and the grandeur of of magic. Which and doesn't really play out so well in live action. Like when you try to do no, that stuff in not. live action, it's like, especially when you're trying to bring in a younger audience, like kids will probably sit for that for animation. But like, if you do it live action, it, it's like you're you're making one of those like ponderous kind of navel gazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it it only works in animation because animation is a style like okay so like like here's the thing is that um the two Spider-Man movies that are animated could never exist in anything other than animation because they are specifically designed to be animated movies um Zelda is in such a way is a property that is designed specifically to be a video game experience how yeah. do you translate that Without it being like a fucking Terrence Malick movie. <laughs> I was right? just about to fucking say. <laughs> Otherwise, you're getting Terrence Malick's Legend of Zelda. And wow, as a 44-year-old, I'm just like, I would watch that. Like, I watched the I, shit I, out of that. I get a little fed up with, like, I, I go through, like, I'm going to watch a couple of Terrence Malick movies. And then I'm like, I don't need to see anything from this guy for the next decade. Like, it's yep. fine if he keeps making stuff. I'm just not going to watch it. But if it's like Terrence Malick is making Legend of Zelda, I'm like, well, the story is going to be fucking non-existent. But it's going to look incredible. And so I'm going right? to go sit in a theater for three hours and <laughs> just watch these long fucking shots of like a kid in an elf costume walking through a wheat field or some shit. Like that's exactly what it is. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly. But you know what? Like if we're fucking honest, that's kind of the movie that I want. Like if, if we're accurate. Okay. So like, let's, which is fine in animation. Cause kids will be like, okay. But when you do it in live action and like, no kid is going to sit there for two and a half hours for watching shit. Like, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think so. And I, you know, I don't think that's a movie West ball would make, you know, no. he he's a little too story centric to let that happen. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because especially with live action, you, you've got like, that like there is confines and everything in purpose. Like I never don't think that, this is not discussed as nauseum. I guarantee you that he had the pitch and whatever his pitch was, was the thing that sold them. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it could very well have been that he got like, like I can only imagine his pitch reel is filled with Terrence Malick. I mean, why not? Because that's what the game is. Like, like, like you and I have talked about this before that the Zelda games are like these things where you like you don't like now you don't have to do the storyline you can just ponder wander and become a fisherman and become a hunter and become a cook i mean like quite literally right and so (laughs) zelda games are not like are not plot driven but this kind of needs to be 
Like there needs to be some kind of spine. And I, I feel like the reason why you like, like if you're doing it in live action, you're trying to make it a story. And I mean, I guess, I mean, we're going to fuck, they're going to fuck around and we're going to find out, like, I'm going to be very curious what happens post, um, uh, kingdom of the planet of the apes. If that movie's a hit, both critically and box office wise, um, does West ball stay around for Zelda? Because I can guarantee you, um, that the producers on this are the ones that are dictating things. Right. And so now it all becomes about style. Like who are you going to get to do the effects? Are you going to go with new houses and do it cheaply like Sony's always done? Or are you going to fucking lay down the law and go, okay, we need to pay the $100 million to ILM or we need to pay the $100 million to Weta. Get in between the Avatar movies, which they're both taking on, and Star Wars things. Get in between and get us not Abu Dhabi ILM, but ILM proper. Like have the like the actual people, not not the sub the subcontractors that they're they're now supposedly a part of ILM, but like the real people, like just like Weta, the real people, like Richard Cook and all of these people that are that made the Lord of the Rings movies. If you're gonna do it and you're gonna do it live action, don't do it cheap. Do it fucking do it like a hundred percent commit to this. Make it a three hundred million dollar movie because if you wanted to do it 150, then you should have gone with Illumination because Illumination, because like in this case, you and I both know animation is a lot cheaper than live action. When like, you're doing it, like, something like wise. that, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so I don't know, man, like that's what worries me is like we have this announcement and the first thing is, like I saw was live action. I was like, fuck you guys. What do you mean live action? This is one that you don't do live action. Like, I understand why they did Mario animated, even though I felt like it could have been live action. It should have been live action. Um, but I understand why they did it animated. Here, I don't understand why they're doing it live action. Why aren't they doing it animated? Yeah. Right? Um, but we're going to find out. I mean... <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, officially, so we we started, we talked about this at the very beginning of this year. Yeah. Uh, maybe the end of last year, this video game curse in in adaptations of live action or animated or what what have it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think like we're much like the, the Cubs and the Red Sox and the, I, I think we're. We can say that 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 curse is done, like, yeah, there are extremely like this year alone gave us solid adaptation after solid adaptation down to like why the fuck like who I, I know it didn't get a lot of play but we talked about it a little bit uh the peacock show um oh twisted metal twisted metal like yeah. who the fuck saw that coming and also nobody it was really good <laughs> like no you it know? was I, um I, and so that that video game curse is done you know yeah so you can definitely see it and especially with like so like like we don't talk about the animated series but castlevania like that's yeah. a great animated netflix series i like so much <laughs> castlevania is very much like blade and that it doesn't get the the credit it deserves like yes it's like 
dude, that was a huge hit. And and everybody's like, you know, shows like The Last of Us and movies like Super Mario Brothers. It's breaking the video game curse. Meanwhile, Castlevania five years ago was like, hey, but this is really good, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, would you see like everybody's talking about our show? Why are you forgetting about our show? <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing is like but we're also getting smarter adaptations because they're like you now have creatives who grew up with these things have affection mm-hmm. for it like you heard about the the netflix announcement about like instead of doing a live action laura croft they're doing an animated and they got the perfect fucking voice like Haley Atwell is the perfect voice. They should have oh, casted yeah. her 10 years ago as Laura Croft, and she yeah. would have been perfect. Um, they couldn't even do it now because Dead Reckoning proved that she's got chops. So she's she's got chops. But you know what? If if Tom Cruise wants her as his new um his new like like co-star in the next like five uh, or the next three or four yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Mission Impossible, I'm gonna let it go. You know, let Haley do let Haley do the voice of Laura Croft. But I mean, it's like that kind of smart decision, right? Like that makes sense. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's smart. She is, she is, she is a good like, she's a good voice. You're you're matching you're matching tone with style, and it works. So yeah. you're right. Like the video game adaptation um, curse may be gone, and it's just because we have people that actually grew up and respect these things for what they are which not, is not as an like, ip but as actual stories exactly um, you know it, it's uh, there was an argument and w- we should end it here and jump to loki uh yeah. there was an argument over a decade ago uh maybe closer to 20 years ago now our video games art and it, it it like snowballed into this like big huge thing much like the argument like our comics books our graphic novels books um and you know you had a lot of people arguing that no because art isn't necessarily interactive like that it's about feelings it's about and you know you have people pointing to like uh what shadow of the colossus and like the zelda games and like play those to the end like yes super mario doesn't elicit like feelings of anything other than like thank god i fucking beat that level um <laughs> yes. but games like shadow of the glasses zelda like yeah. final fantasy like elicit a lot more than just like holy shit that boss was hard you know like there's something more there and these people that grew up understanding that those that there are stories there. Uh, sometimes they are goofy and stupid, like Mario, um, yeah. and and just really for the kid and all of us. And sometimes they're truly important, like stories. They are art. Um, yeah, they are now making those those these movies. And so, yeah, like La- Last of Us is a perfect example. Um, you know, and yeah i i I think we're full on headed towards uh maybe unfortunately uh video game ips like they've been everywhere for a while of course everybody's tried to make like those adaptations but i think we're about to see 
the good stuff. Like, they've been trying to make comic book superhero movies, all that, like, long before Marvel did it successfully yes. for any length of time. Um, I mean, going back to uh, Superman in the 70s, like, even if it was just every couple of years, like, the 90s are littered with fucking terrible comic adaptations. Hello, barbed wire. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, steel. No. Like, it, 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 they're all, they're all over the place. You just don't hear about them. So, uh, like, those video game movies have been decades, like, adaptation of adaptations that weren't great. I think we're headed for the, like, holy shit, you know, like, did you see the Dead Space movie? It was scary as fuck, you know. Yep. That directed kind of by, thing. <laughs> yeah, directed by Scott Derrickson, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we're finally getting to the point where we're we're like content and creators are are jiving in a way that they weren't before. Like you know, video game. Like it's all ghettoization, right? Like like like. Video games have been ghettoized by Hollywood for a long time. Why? Because they're scared. Because it's elevated storytelling when it's done right. Where you can get involved with a video game more than you can with a movie. Because, like, okay, like, right now I'm standing at 30 hours on Spider-Man 2. And it's hooked me. It's emotional. It's frustrating. It's thrilling. It's everything you want. Which is more hours than you put in watching Sony Spider-Man films. (laughs) Uh, yeah, all of them combined. Um, but it's like, but it's like, you know, when you hear about the John Wick guys are gonna make a Ghost of Tsushima movie, my my jaw drops because it's like those those are the decisions I want, like in anything, like smart decisions with creatives taking on. If you're gonna have to take on IP for the big budget, that's what I want. Um, so yeah, it, I I think that you're right. I think that we're headed to like I don't think that people realize as the you know what the thing was that really kind of hooked me was the now three hundred million dollar worldwide box office of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, a independently produced video game that everybody played of a certain age, and it translated into holy fuck! I need to see this. Um. So, yeah, I think that you're right. Between that and Mario Brothers at, like, the ends of the year, one at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year, just, it really does prove that, um, yeah, fucking video games you, are not just here to stay. They're you a just gotta, fucking thing. Yeah, you gotta take it seriously. Not, not like, you just gotta take that adaptation seriously and know that, like, if you are stay even even if it's ridiculous, stay faithful to the concept. Uh, like Five Nights at Freddy's, from what I understand, like even though it changes some lore, it's faithful to the concept of what the game is and why people yes. enjoyed it. And it's just like, oh, okay. I watched it and I was like, I mean, it's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. not anything. If I was ten, I would have been like, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> you know. But uh, um, yeah, I. I and after 15 years, we're going to be like, fuck, are they going to make anything but video game adaptations? Exactly. <laughs> like, that, it, it's what is going to happen. Like, it's the, I think it's the next big, big thing. And they'll do it successfully for about 10 years. And then it'll be three or four or five years of 
them like making shit where it's just like it was all right but like can we see something else (laughs) (laughs) um all right so let's talk about loki uh i finally caught up with the last two episodes last week we talked i hadn't seen uh that episode and so i got Mm -hmm. to watch them back to back which i'm kind of glad i did because they really played well together um yeah they they are very much so like like a double-ended season finale right yeah uh i'm i'm excited that the guys in charge of this show are getting more to do in the marvel universe yeah uh justin and more uh uh Aaron Moorhead and uh, Benson and Moorhead. Yeah, I want to say Benson and Hedges, uh, which is a cigarette company. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like, um, does it make you want to go back to watch their their films? Because their films are just like Loki. They're very tiny, whiny, um, lo-fi sci-fi concepts done on a low budget, but big ideas. Yeah. Um, specifically, I think that you would like Synchronicity because it stars Anthony Mackie, um, as the lead, like, which is a rare thing nowadays, other than a Captain America movie that just got pushed, um, to two years from now, um, fucking 18 months, sorry. Uh, but, um, man, they know how to, they know how to construct a very complex narrative. Because, wow, is that complex. Like, it's not complex, but it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like That said, like, they were a little bit involved, involved in Moon Knight. And Moon Knight yes. was an utter disappointment for me. But... For you, it definitely was. I remember... <laughs> I remember how... How how that how soft that hit for you. Um, But I also feel like... They weren't the main creatives of that show. Like they they did a they did a solid by that that was their test run from everything that I've heard. Um was they got that as a directing gig and solely as a directing gig. And Feige and the rest of them realized how good they were and gave them Loki 2 as a test run to see what they like what they could truly do. And they were, I mean, we know Waldron is not involved with Loki season two. It was what Michael Weston that direct, yeah. uh, that wrote, that sh- rat, uh, wrote and show run. And like, I feel like first season, it's great. It sets everything up, but it's a very, it's a very Marvel MCU. We're setting up things for the next thing style show where this I feel is just what I would want, which is it's about the actual character. It's not like at the end. And I feel like this is where they really fucking stuck it, which is it's about Loki. It's not, Oh, we're launching this new bad guy. It's Loki season two is about Loki and Loki alone. And we have people here, but they're all in service to tell a story about Loki and where this particular Loki ends up and his, like the final episode says, and what he's always talked about, his glorious purpose. And holy shit, I didn't, 
you kind of see it coming, but you don't see it coming in the way that it happens. Like, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that because I'm not the biggest Loki fan in comics, so I don't track him in comics, or I've never tracked him in comics. Is this something that happens in comics? Yes in and the no. Comics? Um, okay. So the, there's this story arc where uh, Loki takes on this new mantle. Um, uh-huh. Instead of the god of mis- mischief, he becomes the god of stories. Oh, okay. Okay. That I can see that kind of parallel there because Jesus, dude, like that last 10 minutes is some of the best, like the most beautifully visually constructed stuff that we've seen from Marvel yet in a, in a world where they had no budget limitations on things like this, like that final moment where he accepts his fate and he does what he does and he ascends to that throne. His, the destined, like what I love about it is, is that he's always like, this thing kind of perfectly ties up everything that Loki has wanted and has talked about. And basically the show is grooming him to t- to ascend to a throne that he had no idea that he was going to ever ascend to. And like these 12 episodes are kind of like this, for me at least, this beautiful arc about Loki learning how to become a responsible god and then taking, very willingly, taking the mantle of a god to do something that from the first episode, if he had taken it over, fuck, I would not have trusted him. But through this painful ordeal of hundreds and hundreds of years of learning things he's finally ready to accept that throne like kind of like conan right like he he ascends that throne and that gold takes over it and he sits down and he merges and makes the infinite amount of timelines safe and that look on his that fucking look on his face it's like it's like some of the best work tom hiddleston has done um in a very kind of weird very low i know sorry guys a very low key sort of way he's kind of like straightened everything out for loki so that everything makes sense including this extra thing that they've done with him so like there's a linear there's a like uh there's like a linearity to his story even though it goes all over the place that i really love that now I can track in a completely different way with Loki, right? Like yeah. we now have this whole thing where, yeah, he ends at um, Endgame, but he doesn't because we have this like, like in comics, it's almost like an annual or a limited, I mean, literally a limited uh, miniseries, right? Where we find this other Loki. It's still Loki, but it's he becomes different or a variant. And goes off onto this other thing and gets the ending that Loki wanted, but just not in the way that Loki wanted. Yeah. It it also sets up some really interesting possible future dynamics of, Mm -hmm. like, so we know Secret War is coming. Um, We have some ideas about what that might entail as far as like different universes colliding etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Um, and the fact that Loki is now basically the loom for the multiverse. That's what I was going to ask you. I think allows I know for some yeah. really, really interesting things for him to either both be the hero and the villain to be the hero or the villain to be yeah. an active player for their, like we know there's other Lokis and, but like now it also extends to like, so these other Lok- Lokis can also be multidimensional. Like it, it's just, it's just an interesting way to have your cake and eat it too. So I was going to ask you about that. Thank you for like, like you fucking like perfect. So the big thing that, and and even my wife had said this was because we all know that they're trying to like, we don't know how they're trying to recontextualize everything, but we knew that they were trying to recontextualize everything so that they have a soft out for Kang. Does this just mean that they recontextualize it so they can have Loki take over for Kang? I mean, I think unintentionally, yes. I I don't think that that was ever their intention with this story. Yeah. And now they have an out. And this is the thing, is that they just don't have Hiddleston. They have, like, the thing I instantly thought about, and I was like, holy shit. Like, they have they have a reason for the secret wars and why why a villain is facing people off against one another because he learned it from he learned it from <clears throat> Goldblum's character in Thor Ragnarok and he saw how thrilling it was. So you have that concept already laid out because Loki is, if anything, a, like a person that doesn't have an original idea, right? <laughs> like this Loki, at least, doesn't have an original idea. Like he would do something like that, but then yeah, also it, it's all vision. very like he would call it an homage or an homage. <laughs> yeah, um, but it is exactly. all very um, like oh shit, I saw this somewhere. Let's see yeah. if it works here. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the idea that okay, so he now exists in time and out of time, and at what point? Like, does the god of stories become so bored with the stories that everybody else is writing that he now starts writing his own? Yes. And, okay, so another thing. They have probably the most underrated Shakespearean actor playing fucking Loki that they have under contract that they didn't use this year. Richard E. Grant. How fucking baller would it be if Secret Wars starts with his Loki being under Hiddleston's control and causing all of the mayhem and mischief of everything? And you also have the, I I hate to call it a thread because it's not a thread. It would be delightful. You have the, the constant threat of Marvel's going to do the Young Avengers. Yes. We have Kamala Khan. We have, <laughs> have uh, Kate Loki. Bishop. We have yeah. young Loki now, who is part who, of that team. Um, who is fucking great and underutilized in that. Like, that one episode could be three hours long, and it still not feel long enough. Yeah. Because of all the variants, right? But we have, and he's 
fucking great. The one who killed Thor. Like, he's great in that role. That kid, that, man, Young Avengers does make sense, right? Like, it really does. And, and, and to have these multiple Lokis running mm-hmm. around, like, it, I don't, it just, it creates something really interesting. And it, it's kind of funny. Maybe a little bit sad, but it is kind of funny that you're you're falling back to like, oh shit, like we put all our eggs in this basket and mm-hmm. the guy that could possibly, might possibly have to completely bail us out is literally the guy that that we started with. Yep. Like the guy that united the Avengers is now the guy that's going to possibly unite the multiverse which is fucking wild like that is fucking wild but at the same time it's like i don't know about you but it's kind of perfect to me like when i saw this all come together yeah i I, like i told you i was like this is the best thing they've done since wandavision and that includes the films like like there's been nothing as good as this and WandaVision. And now we I mean we've heard that Wanda's dead. Like like that's the confirmation that we've gotten. Uh which like I don't even want to our get Wanda's into that dead. shit. I, I huh? yeah, our, our Wanda, Wanda is true. dead. Our Wanda is dead. That is true. Um but like it it really does open up a possibility. And here's the thing. I kind of want uh, I want uh, Benson and Moorhead to take... A, like, if that's the way that they're going to go, I want them to take the Avengers movies. I, like, yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I'd be okay with that. Like, I'm excited to see what they do with Daredevil, but I would also like to see them given something. Well, there. so... By timeline accounts, because everything got pushed, um, Avengers movies are not until 2027, 2028, at yeah. least. Because they were 2026 and 2027, so if everything moves a year, they have... So, like, right now, we have four years in between, right? Like, we have about Yeah, they years. have. they do have time. And with the strikes over and, like, things... Like, because they, they will now be reshooting... It sounds like all of Daredevil. Um, yep. That they, they were about halfway through with production and have, from all accounts, scrapped everything and are starting back over. Um, which, so, like, I mean, good, I guess, because uh, hopefully they get it right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they they do certainly have time. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, I, they might not be the Russos, but like, then again, we've seen what the Russos have done out from under Ke- when they're away from Kevin Feige, and yep, you know, it hasn't been that great. So, to uh, know, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, so they're. But they're also like, okay, I understand why Dustin Cretton was was hired because he has a like, you know, he has proven with Shang-Chi that he has the understanding of fight choreography. But I feel like if you're going to make a timey-wimey multiverse movie, you kind of want Benson and Moorhead because you can 
like we've learned with the Russos, you can your second unit can be your second unit and do yeah. everything that you need. But these guys, like everything I've seen from them, like from the moment that they came on the scene with their with with their with their type of sci-fi movies, it makes sense to me. Well, and they get the character. They get the the who the characters are, which has been lackluster as of late. Like, uh, you know, Secret Invasion was just trash. I I don't feel like anybody involved with that outside of Sam Jackson understood who the fuck Nick Fury was. Um, (laughs) or, or anyway, it is what it is. Um. But yeah, the, the the character stuff has been lacking, and like this show does do a lot of like bullshit, like pseudo, not even pseudo science. It's just straight bullshit. Um, yeah. it, and that is a little frustrating, but they balance it out so well with these fun character moments. Like you see it in in these last two episodes. Like, especially that last episode where Loki just commits to the bit of, like, doing everything. And, like, this is who you are. This is, like, (laughs) OB meets Victor Timely. You wrote the book. He wrote the book. Like, Like, all of that playful stuff. They really, really get that. I mean, we know that Tom Hiddleston gets it, but it's also easy. Like his job is to be like there on set and do what the director says. Like he has a li- I'm sure he has a lot of leeway as far as the character of Loki goes. Nobody mm-hmm. understands Loki more than Tom Hiddleston. And so like it helps that there, you just have people that get the characters writing and directing the show and Mm -hmm. the guy that gets the character performing the character, you know, and that trust in all of that, like it it just really helps. So it does. They're walking into daredevil understanding. And I don't mean just the character of Loki. I mean, this is what makes Marvel Marvel. Mm -hmm. Like this is why these characters are so beloved because of that kind of thing. Like it, it's, I don't even know if it's quantifiable, if there's a word for it, it's, you know, it's calling it charm is just underselling it. There's just something so human about all that, that like, that's what works. Like Tony Stark is a fucking douchebag, but yes, he is. You, you know, it's hard not to love him. Like, Captain America is such a fucking Boy Scout. Like, if you knew somebody like that in real life, you'd just be like, fucking tone it down, man. Like, just, like, be a little human. Nobody's this perfect. But it's really fucking hard to watch that on screen and not be like, I would probably set myself on fire for that guy. You know? And yeah. the people that get those characters, like, that's what helps, man. The actors got them. And having the trust there with the 
Daredevil sounds like that wasn't working. It, they brought in people who maybe just didn't understand Daredevil or Mar- what makes Marvel Marvel. These guys, I think, really get it. Like, despite they really do all the shit in Loki season two that I I don't love. I think overall it's great. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and a lot of it's the mumbo jumbo shit. I'm like, get, just get away from this. Um, they do understand what makes the characters great. And yeah, like I'm excited for what they'll do with Daredevil. I'm excited for what part Loki can now play um, going forward. I, I'm a hundred percent with you in regards to that. Um, including like, uh, like if they if they do announce or it is found out that that Loki is the main villain of the next Avengers series, I I don't like I the next two Avengers movie, good, like honestly good, like I'm 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 excited for it. Um, so we we shall see, we definitely shall see. Um, before um, I don't think they'll announce it. I think it'll be a no. fucking surprise. <laughs> like uh, honestly, surprise, yeah. bitches! It was me. <laughs> Surprise, um, yeah, it was me all the time. Like, literally, they could have like a Jonathan Majors like like cameo, and then it just bleeds out to like the reveal that it is Loki and it was Loki all the time, you know. Um, which would be fucking fantastic, though. I don't think that Jonathan Majors is gonna be up for that. Um, but uh, we have come to the end. We did not get, I mean, we so much talked about so many, like, this is what I love about our show, man. Like, we say we have purpose, and we're going to talk about stuff, and our <laughs> glorious purpose ends up in the TVA, in a fucking, in, in as Arnold liked to call it, the Mikainda, and it comes out, and we're, we're not, we've not talked about the killer, we've not talked about, um, well, can, uh, the Marvels. I, we can hit on it real quick, um, the Marvels. Yes. What, what, I, just, what's non-spoilery, because you haven't seen it, what works mm-hmm. Kamala Khan absolutely fucking works. She's fantastic. She's perfect <sighs> for this role. The show was great. I think this movie proves that this character needs to be on the big screen. The show is fine. It wor- It's great as an origin. She needs to be on the big screen. I feel Love like it. a lot of the great stuff in this movie got edited out. Or not, oh. I shouldn't say great. The mm-hmm. more fun things that that probably didn't test extremely well, but that we would have been interested in seeing, got edited mm-hmm. out for the sake of like just streamlining things. Um, okay, and you'll you'll see what I mean when you watch it. There's a lot of okay. stuff transitions that's just like what <laughs> what just happened. Um, Monica is not given enough to do. Um, it's a lot of fun watching the power interplay. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really want to like Carol Danvers as a character. The comics uh-huh. have never made me like her. I really yeah. like Brie Larson as an actress. I think the first Captain Marvel movie is completely fine. She's... I've said this about other people. Captain Marvel, I really 
think just works the way Dr. Dre works. <laughs> he's, he's really great or, or, when he shows up in other people's shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she's basically got to be like Hulk. Like, like to be perfectly honest, I don't, I don't see Hulk ever having a, a feature film, even though that they, he's best. He's like DJ Khaled. He's the DJ Khaled of, yeah. of like, he's better. Like, you don't want to listen to a whole John. DJ Khaled album. Going to pop yeah. in there and go, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. that's fun, man. It's fun when yeah. you do that. But, like, just, you know, two and a half hours of you going, yeah, is not fucking fun. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but, you know what? There needs to be characters like that. Like, like I mean, they've yeah. proven that, that Hulk exists in a way in this universe where we don't need him in, at full capacity. Right. And this is a guy who fucking loves Mark Ruffalo at, as the Hulk, like, like recently rewatched incredible Hulk and went, man, Ed Norton was a bad fit for everything yep. in this movie. And I wish Ruffalo was in this movie. Yep. Um, and, but then Ruffalo is great. And like, I'm the guy who wants him to be Columbo already. Like, fucking just give him Columbo and give me my fucking Columbo movie, like my Columbo TV show every fucking year, and I'll be happy, right? Like, let's just stop him being Hulk. But at the same time, man, his Hulk is so fucking good. Like, in anything yeah. he does. Um, and maybe, like you said, like some people are better as features, right? Like, I feel. I'll yeah, say Brie this, Larson like, just I, doesn't really have it for me. Um. Like, I feel like, like, Yelena is also a character that feels like she's a better as a feature, right? Like, yeah. she doesn't, I don't need a full movie from her, even though I love Florence Pugh, and I might have a major crush on her, don't tell my wife. Um, uh, uh, but she is so much better as somebody who comes in and gets to, like, shake things up and be, like, that, that scene stealer, and then get out. Like, I don't need a whole movie from her. I didn't need a whole movie from Black Widow, even though we're like, you know, we were trying to force that issue. Like, it comes to light. Like, that, I didn't need that. Like, yeah. I didn't need that. Like, that could have been. That could. And have it been, just like, winds up being an origin story for half the fucking Thunderbolts. Like, it, exactly. you know, which is fine. I guess we needed that. But, it, yeah, it, it ultimately felt like a waste of time. It could have been like a, a you know, 30 minute thing somewhere so yeah. um yeah brie larson is okay in this movie unfortunately she takes up a lot of time in the movie mm -hmm. everything that truly truly works in the movie is kamala like it's all her she's so fucking great and oh, that, that uh, makes like you feel good. yeah uh the post-credit scenes are it's they they fuck up the the two post credit scenes. One of them isn't post credits; it's pre credits. You can tell that they they fucked with the order of things. Um, uh. And then the mid credits. There's no post credit scene. Um, okay. Uh, the post credits is just a gag with uh, it's it's an audio gag and it's not really worth staying for. Um, but uh, they're fun. They're fun, and they absolutely do what the trailer says, which is come see this movie and see what's coming next. Like, that's exactly what those scenes do. Okay. 
overall the plot is very like yeah like it it's it's just not really it's more scroll cree stuff um uh. which just isn't a lot of fun like i feel like we beat that horse so dead <laughs> like i'm yeah I'm, like especially coming off of secret invasion i was just like i don't like I don't want to, but I just don't care about the scrolls anymore. Like, I just don't, man. Like, that whole thing was just so fucking bad. But, uh, yeah, it's still, I I think, worth, 100% worth going to see. Um, Okay. And the killer, like, you're, you're, give me, hit me with your, like, three minute, four minute, like, (laughs) this is why this is great. Okay, so, um... I'm going to like, I'm going to crib from my, my review that I posted on Thursday. Um, and it's this, um, so, so like the killer, like any good, like any good action movie is not about like the hitman and the, and his purpose. It's literally kind of like this weird, very dark comedy uh, which you would ex- completely expect from Fitcher, right? It's this weird, dark comedy about employment and gig economy. And it's, I, like, I know that I might get a lot of shit for this, but it's his funniest fucking movie. Like, I sat there and I laughed. Um, I laughed consistently through this movie like like my okay so like to take one thing from my my review uh the clear the killer is a hilarious albeit albeit a, with a huge dash of arsenic's uh, arsenic gallows wit at workplace disharmony in the gig economy of the 2020s that would have made billy wilder smile ear to ear and that's the truth that's the way i feel about it it's funny in a way that i don't think that people are going to be expecting it to be funny because it's done so deadpan and if you're if you're in the right mood for it and you're in the right wavelength it's this weird fucking movie about employment and how literally a billionaire can make your life a living hell with just a few phone calls and has nothing against you other than being a fucking billionaire like that's like yeah, the movie's about something else, but literally, that's what this movie is about. Um, what is it that makes Hitman stories unique to... I, I mean, I guess they're not the only films that you can do that with, but, like, mm-hmm. there there always seems to be, like, oh, we're going to take, like, the, you know, working in a gig economy, and then we're going to extrapolate it into, like, how does this affect a Hitman? Like, we see stories like that all the fucking time, like every four or five years, 10 years, you know, like I'm thinking of like Gross Point Blank, which I know was 30 years ago. Um, But uh, yeah, like that kind of thing where it's like, what if this, but with the hitman, like, you know. (laughs) I I have no idea why. And it's always fun. It's always fun. It's this. Like, it's a weird flavor of, like, action comedy. Um, and, like, who doesn't want to just, like, you know, pull the, uh, pull the throw, throw everything off the desk 
kind of thing at their job because that's essentially what it is right because you like i have no idea like like there's this thrill in the movie of like watching as he methodically works through to get to where because okay so like the movie essentially is just this it's a very simple story it's about a hitman that fucks up and he has to pay the consequences for fucking up but doesn't know doesn't know like doesn't want to pay the consequence like any of us doesn't want to like why am i being fired and it's the whole thing of like oh i'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of my manager until he tells me oh well it wasn't my thing it was the, the it was the it was the executive and then beating the shit out of the executive and going who the fuck did this and it's the billionaire and then getting to the billionaire and being able to do whatever you would want to do to that billionaire that just simply did not have, that doesn't care about the many because he's one of the few. Um, and man, dude, like Fincher is fucking savage. Like he is fucking savage. He does not care. Like I would love to have a conversation with him like as a friend, like I wouldn't post anything cause I want to know his theories on things because this movie like it feels like in a weird way it feels like him having a conversation with fincher for from fight club and having not not a critique but a conversation going you know i know that what we did but this is actually really what it's about it's not about these incels it's not about these stupid capital stormers it's really about these people right here the few um it's just but it's also a brilliant action film there's a couple of action scenes in here where he uses hand-to-hand combat that's just like fucking great um it's like i said it's funny it's got some really weird and wild like needle drops and then of course it's the david fincher perfection right like everything is perfect he cast Arliss Howard in a p- specific role perfectly. Uh, I mean, Tilda Swinton's in it. <laughs> yeah, he really does. But this is like you know exactly who Arliss Howard is playing yeah. in this movie. Like even if you don't know, like the plot that I've given you, you know who he's playing. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those movies that if you're attuned to it because it's so deadpan, I don't know if people like I know. I know for a fact there's been a couple of people that reached out to me that were like, man, I just watched it last night. What the fuck are you talking about? It's not a comedy. This movie's like, just, it's not a comedy. I don't know what it is, but it's not a comedy. And I'm like, okay, well then obviously you don't get deadpan. Um, so yeah, that's my short pitch of it. Like, it's definitely, if you didn't like Mank, I think that you'll like this because it's playing with the genre the same way that he plays with genre and Gone Girl or Panic Room. It's one of like or the game. Like I feel like the analogous maybe be the game. The game is probably the perfectly the perfect analogy. Because I recently rewatched that. That was fucking hilarious. I didn't remember how funny that movie was until I rewatched it. Yeah. Um I yeah, I'm excited to catch up. Unfortunately I started it and then fell asleep and then woke up and then was like, ah okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> like, I just turn it off and go to bed. Um, I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for, I guess, the return of Michael Fassbender after really not doing anything for six 
or seven years. Um, And, you know, he's better than the last few projects he had before 2020, um, which I think was Dark Phoenix, which was terrible. Uh, this was it called the snowman. I don't, I didn't watch it. All I heard was yeah. how awful it was. It's terrible. um, where he plays a character named Harry Hole, which is the worst fucking name. Um, yeah, I, I love Michael Fassbender, I think he makes unique choices. I think it's interesting that the David Fincher film is on Netflix. And the Taika Watiti film is coming to theaters. Um, yes. <laughs> where it's like, I would, I would watch Next Goal Wins streaming and pay to go see The Killer. And <laughs> <laughs> instead it's reverse where I'm going to have to, if I want to see Next Goal Wins, I'm going to have to pay to go see it uh, before it comes to streaming. And I can yes. watch The Killer on Netflix, which I already have. So, uh, but having two movies here at the end of the year um really both by your account comedies but very very different um yes yeah i'm i'm i might when next school wins comes out in a couple of weeks next week dude next week okay maybe maybe before we record i can get in a michael fassbender double feature feature (laughs) watch the killer and then go watch next goal wins um because I, I kind of, like, I, I've become, not obsessed, but I've become way more interested in soccer slash football uh, in the last Excellent. three or four months. <laughs> yeah, like, revisiting and recording with Jess for Ted Lasso for our Pod Lasso podcast, um, and then watching Welcome to Wrexham, which is just fucking incredible television. Um, everybody should be watching it. But if you watch Ted Lasso, uh, go check out Pod Lasso and everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com. More Loki discussion on the uh, Marvel Fanfare podcast with Elizabeth and uh, and I and her uh, now fiance. Um, they are engaged and having a child. So. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's probably our last, like, truly, like, we're able to record something because I'm like, your life is about to. Like, I'm like, pretty soon I'll just be recording with Adam and Jess. <laughs> the Star Wars <laughs> and Marvel podcast will not exist because my co-hosts are married with children and don't have time for anything anymore. Um which is understandable. So, uh, yeah, go check out all that stuff. And, uh, of course, check out Adam's stuff. Yes, uh, themovieisle.com, where, like I said, I, I just posted something for The uh, the Killer. Um, there's a lot of other stuff. Actually, what just fucking posted. Um, and I'm going to say this always. I fucking miss Robin Williams. I really do. It's really hard to watch his movies, but I just rewatched something that was quite brilliant um, in a minor key, which is The Best of Times, starring two of my favorite actors of all time, Kurt Russell, as you guys all know, I'm a huge Kurt Russell stan, um, but also Robin Williams in a football movie written by Ron Shelton um, about a high school uh, a high school football game rematch. And like, you don't think that Robin Williams is like the perfect 
spoil in a football movie to Kurt Russell, but watch the best of times and you will see that you are wrong. Um, so that just posted, literally just posted like a couple of minutes ago. Um, but then you can uh, read all the other work that I've been doing on the site. Um, Logan's piece on Man on Fire will post next weekend so we can actually talk about a little bit about my one of my favorite subjects, which is Tony Scott. Um, and yeah, uh, just go read the site. Um, some really great stuff on there right now. And some good stuff, upcoming stuff too. Yeah, and we will be back next week, hopefully, with my thoughts on the killer and Adam's thoughts on uh, Miss Marvel. Or Miss Marvel. I mean, really, it's the Miss Marvel. I mean, Marvel it movie. is really Miss Marvel. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Marvels. Um, full, we'll probably have some full on sport because there's some stuff at the end there that I definitely want to uh hear your take on so um and who knows what else so uh we'll see you guys next week number one star wars number two comics number three lord of the rings and the hobbit number four mario number five weird al number six batman number seven cal number eight the simpsons number nine tv number ten every single band that i stole all their mp3s but before they all sold out they all together if you with me now